So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please navigate to secondwindcollective.com for more info. Again, that's secondwindcollective.com. Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and as always, joining me from Toronto, Ontario, is Cliff Murphy. Cliff, how are you? I'm doing well, Bill. How are you? I'm doing all right, thanks. This week, we're going to be talking about The Simpsons. Uh, I know that the show has a bit of a cult following, and I thought that Cliff, you and I might be able to break a little ground by analyzing the show just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's uh, maybe not the uh, most well-known television program, but uh, maybe... If we can uh, talk about some of the merits, it'll perhaps uh, gain a bit of a wider uh, audience, and uh, we'd be doing our, uh, you know, our own part there. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way, and I, I think that just because we're a video game show, and The Simpsons makes a lot of video game references within each episode, I thought we could focus a bit on that and how that plays into certain episodes, or how they use that to make some of their jokes. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Um, there's lots of different things in The Simpsons that are like uh, uh, connected to video games or based around video games. I mean, even if it's just small sort of like jokes that they have in occasional episodes, or if there's like entire episodes that they have that are, you know, based around a video game concept. Um, it certainly is a show that doesn't shy away from making those sorts of references. But I th- it seems like a ki- the kind of show that kind of knows its audience in some ways. As a quick reminder, uh, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Well, that's all fine and good, but you interrupted me saying, uh, so I feel like that's... Uh, mm. <laughs> well, that's going to be tough now to cut. I can't... It's yep. not easy to cut out audio from within, like words that you're actually trying to say if that makes sense uh yeah no i get you i get you it's hard so leave it in but uh you know i think uh, people will want to hear me just kind of like saying um in the background but well they'll have other opportunities in the podcast i'm sure it might come up we yeah, don't might. always i mean i say uh a fair amount too yeah it's yeah it's fine it was a long uh that i was getting there you know what we don't need to spend this much time on this bit <laughs> so cliff what have you been playing uh, this week, I haven't been playing a whole lot. Uh, we, we were touching, uh, talking about uh, Ratchet and Clank last week, and then one evening I thought, hey, I want to play, you know, Ratchet and Clank, because it's been a while. Uh, you would have thought I'd play that before we did the podcast, but uh, I just started to play uh, Tools of Destruction again, and it's it's great. It's, you know, it's pretty much everything that I remember. Um, it's, you know, it's it's fun. I love the uh, the RPG elements to it. The more that you use a weapon, the more it'll level up. Um, and it's just, it's just very satisfying, you know, it's very much a game about filling up bars. You know what I mean? You got certain bars and you just fill them up and then those bars are full and you watch some other bars fill up. That's, that's the game. And (laughs) it's, I mean, it's just, you know, it's wrapped around, you know, sort of a nice cartoony universe there. So, but anyway, I like it. Now for reference, Tools of Destruction was available for the PlayStation 3. Yeah, it was the first one that came out on the uh, PS3. It was the first of the new, of the, I guess it was called the Ratchet and Clank Future series. Um, so the first one there was uh, Tools of Destruction. Then there was uh, A Crack in Time. Um, and then I guess the last one that I uh, released was Into the Nexus, which I actually haven't played. 
Um, but, uh, you know, if I play this one and I play Crack in Time, I could imagine going and picking up uh, uh, Into the Nexus. Hell, I could very well go out and buy the Ratchet & Clank, like, HD collection or whatever it is, because, you know, they're all great games. So, could happen. It's pretty inexpensive now, so you could probably pick it up for, like, uh, $15, $20. Oh, man, that's, like, a buck an hour, you know? It's, like, at least, you know? That's a great deal. Yeah, and you can even play it if you have a Vita. It's a handheld available. I oh, sound like it? I'm shilling for Ratchet and Clank right now. It's not. It's not like that. I promise. I'm not. I don't no, work for like. No, that's fine. That's fine. Go ahead and shill. I mean, a lot of the times we end up shilling. I mean, geez, that Stanley Parable episode. My God, they could just play that as an advertisement for the game. <laughs> they could. I. I think they deserve it though. That was a good product. I can't guarantee the Ratchet and Clank collection is good. I haven't played it, but mm. eh, you like it. Yeah, I love it. It was uh, that was a game I played all throughout high school. It was awesome. Uh, what have you been playing? Well, allow me to shill for a game. Shill away. So recently I finally finished Persona 4 Golden. Oh, yeah? Did you? How'd you like it? I liked it a lot. Uh, I started playing last December. And wow. you, the listener, have not heard this, but we did a like a pilot episode of So Many Bits before we began. And I talked about Persona 4 Golden on that episode. <laughs> so it's been a while. <laughs> It's been a while, and it took me over 100 hours to finish the game, but I did finally beat it. I got the true ending, and wow, that it was really great. Uh, that's a really, really good RPG, I would say. Yeah, awesome. Well, it, it, you enjoyed it consistently throughout, eh? Yeah, yeah. So the main premise to Persona 4 Golden is that you were a high school student transferring from a big city in Japan to a rural town called Idaba. Mm-hmm. And you don't expect anything's going to happen, but once you get there, wacky things start happening. Whoa. And you meet a bunch of friends, and you start solving murders together because people keep dying for reasons you can't figure out. Well, you got to solve that mystery. Yeah, and the only way you can is to go into Walmart and dive into a TV and explore an evil demon world and kill shadows. Okay, uh, I could see the merits to that wouldn't be the first thing I would do, but uh, I, I suppose, you know, I don't have, you know, a degree in criminology, so perhaps that's I mean, what I, people do. I appreciate your open-mindedness. I, I can <laughs> say that this is actually a step back from Persona 3, where the characters there had what was called an evoker that looked suspiciously like a handgun, and to, <laughs> <laughs> to bring out your hidden power, you had to point your evoker at your head and pull the trigger <laughs> wow that is goodness gracious what a premise <laughs> that that shows me that video games still probably need more mainstream attention because i cannot believe that flew under the radar with no one really talking about it minus like a penny arcade comic about the topic <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding um, I seem to remember, yeah, I seem to remember that comic. Um, that's... So Persona 4 Golden, I mean, it was it just really good. It's all about not only are you fighting in the dungeons and playing like traditional RPG combat, but you're also living in this small town and meeting people. And like throughout the whole game, your relationships are growing. You're learning more about the characters you feel like in a way that's going to sound completely lame that you're making a bunch of new friends. And then when the game was over, I, I felt really bad. I felt like this time together with all these close people, even though it was marred by murders and demons and stuff like that, had come to an end. And hmm. it was going to be 
hard to replace them, short of the four other Persona 4 games that have been released since the original came out. Hmm, that's interesting. So that's clearly a positive experience if you like feel sad that you don't get to like be with these characters anymore at the end. Absolutely. There, there's only one thing, well, there you could pick more nits if you wanted to, but there was one thing that majorly bothered me about the game. Okay. So these are actually going to be spoilers for the game. It's almost eight years old, so I'm not too worried, but you might want to skip ahead if you don't want major plot points about Persona 4 Golden revealed. Anyway, as you play, basically the way you recruit new members to your party is that they have a crisis of their own personality, of who they are as a human being. They have mm-hmm. to overcome that, and then they join your crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you meet one guy, and his name is Kanji. Okay. And Kanji has, I would say, uh, ambiguous... <laughs> Ambiguous, ambiguous sexuality. He okay. appears to like men. He okay. seems to not like being manly. Okay. He, like he says that why does people, why do people have to be manly? What why does that matter so much? But he does it from beneath a really tough, hostile facade. And it seems like they're really building towards the idea that he's a homosexual. Okay, sure, yeah. And at the end, when he comes face to face with himself and decides who he's going to be, he decides that he is not homosexual. Oh. Which, hmm. Yeah, I don't Which know how is I okay. feel about that. Yeah, I mean, that's not necessarily wrong to feel that way, that you decide that you are heterosexual. It's just the game, based on the context, based on what he says, seems to strongly indicate that he is, but he's kind of repressing that side of himself. Yeah, that kind of that uh, brings up the whole message as well, too, that he's choosing to be that way. And as far as I know, that's not reality. That's not close to reality at all. But he's struggling with this sort of identity. And in the end, he's like, okay, I'm going to... I'm going to go with this, despite the fact that he's still clearly repressing something else. That doesn't seem like a very good message. I'm inclined to agree. And in fact, like there's one character in your party, one of your friends, Yosuke, who teases Mm -hmm. him and shows a decent amount of homophobia, really. Uh, Like -hmm. saying he doesn't feel comfortable being near Kanji when they're sharing a tent in one Mm -hmm. scene, for example, which it was kind of off-putting. It was was a very uh, weird note to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, with those characters mm-hmm. and so that that was one character that kind of bothered me and then there's another one named uh naoto mm-hmm. and when you first meet naoto by all accounts uh she appears to be a boy she dresses okay. like a boy she talks with a very deep voice uh she wears masculine clothing and mm-hmm. even has the nickname the detective prince okay but as i've already sort of pointed out mm-hmm. she is a girl right. and she seems to indicate through her behavior, through her speaking, and through like the crisis of her personality that she wants to be a man, that she may be, have some transsexual inclinations. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And at the end, uh, she decides, no, she's going to remain a girl. Hmm. That's yeah. See again. That's the that's the concern. There is that it's always it's coming down to a decision that they're making. When there doesn't seem to be, as far as I know, people who are struggling with like gender identities uh, feel just uncomfortable for a long time. You know, and it's you know it's a big, it's less of a decision and more of a like a realization, right? Like this is who I have been the whole time. You know, mm-hmm. so that's again that seems that seems odd. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's a cultural sort of thing because uh, it seems like it sounds like it's a very Japanese game. So maybe it's a cultural sort of thing when these uh, when these ideas are just you know shied away from. I suppose it could very well be a cultural thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know 
less about how Japan regards homosexuality. I can say with a little more confidence that in Japan, I mean, there's a set role for a man and a set role for a woman, and those dynamics really shouldn't ever bend or break. Hmm. And so you could argue that Naoto does not want to necessarily be a man, but occupy the role in society that a man does. Mm. Okay. Though there it's, is a... F- yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's tricky. Yeah. I feel like and this is, is <laughs> we should uh, call into Dan Savage's podcast and ask him this sort of stuff. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a further troubling scene in that uh, you can romance Naoto as, as the male main character and that kind of as like the, the final chapter in that uh, narrative mm-hmm. uh, she offers that she knows that she talks like a man she deliberately puts on this facade and she will talk more femininely for you you can choose to have her basically change herself hmm. to act more like a woman which is a very it's very yeah. uncomfortable i i mean Given the choice, I said, no, you should be yourself. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, be yourself. If that's not my thing, then that's my problem, right? It's not, you know, that's not... Be yourself. Be who you are, you know? That's... that's, No, you should change and be who I want you to be. That, again, there's a lot of odd messages that are coming out of this game. (laughs) Which is too bad because it's really empowering a lot of the time talking about like confronting your fears and understanding your weaknesses and how Mm -hmm. that helps you grow as a human being Mm -hmm. and just in these two particular cases especially it's kind of like no these are like parts of you that you can choose to turn on or off Mm -hmm. and you should turn them off (laughs) that's the overall message that's uh that's a shame that's a shame uh but oh well (laughs) <laughs> well, maybe not. Ah, well, I just don't know. You know, what am I going to do about it? You know, anyway. I mean, yeah, there, there's there's a lot of uh, cognitive dissonance that goes into playing video games where you kind of have to roll your eyes or look past certain mm-hmm. uncomfortable elements of mm-hmm. a game and enjoy the rest, mm-hmm. uh, which maybe in a few weeks I can talk more about Metal Gear Solid Five and how you have to do that all the time, basically. <laughs> sure. We can bring that back in a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Cool. Well, uh so overall you recommend Persona 4 Golden, but uh despite some uh odd lessons that are given at the end. Yes, despite some misgivings, I would recommend Persona 4 Golden. That's available for the Vita also, or you can play just Persona 4, which is about 85% of Persona 4 Golden. They like they add some extra cutscenes for Golden. They kind of polish up some game mechanics, make them a little more streamlined. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So if you have the Vita or you have the option of getting a PlayStation TV, mm-hmm. uh, those are available. You can find them on sale for like 30 bucks at this point. <laughs> Don't be like me and pay 100 That was... <laughs> what a fool. <laughs> that was a really foolish purchase. I actually bought mine for 140 because it came with like a DualShock 3 and a game. So don't do that. <laughs> do not do that if you can avoid it. Wait till it's on sale. It's been on sale pretty frequently for like $50 or less. Right. Yep. Well, that's what you got to do. That's I like I'm I'm kind of behind the times in a bunch of different things, but, you know, in a bunch of video games, but at the same time the advantage there is when I find games I want to play, a lot of the times they're pretty darn cheap. <laughs> it, it's really I mean the there's no restriction on playing games late. No. It's not 
There's no penalty. The game doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, the game doesn't know. It's that uh, XKCD comic when the guy talks about how he's he's uh, five years behind on the release schedule. And he's like, it's awesome because by the time I get to play a game, uh, it's already out. It's super inexpensive. You know, it's already been patched, et cetera, et cetera. And then so one of his friends says, well, I can think of something about that. And then you see him a little bit later on. It's like 2012. And he's like, guys, guys, the cake is a lie. <laughs> 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 so anyway, oh, that's funny. It was funny. It made me laugh. Yeah, um, made me laugh too. Yeah. So you want to talk about the Simpsons? Yeah, let's talk about the Simpsons. Awesome. Uh, so the Simpsons. I don't know. It's the Simpsons. I don't know how much. Bad yeah, we don't have to. We don't I need mean, to. People know what that is. But uh, yeah. there's uh, lots of different moments in the Simpsons when they mention video games or where they reference video games or when their knowledge about video games is used to uh, expand on a situation or find or used to find additional humor in a situation or uh, to explore characters a little bit more. Uh, It's pretty profoundly used. It doesn't ever feel as though it's super, super tacked on. There are a couple instances when I'm like, eh, that's a little, like, hmm, hmm, you know. But overall, if they're making video game references, they're done in a clever way, I would say. Yeah, I I think this is one of the first sitcoms, and really not a lot of sitcoms since have ever really incorporated video games in any way that I know of. And like maybe the big bang theory was, would be really the the next one that leaps to mind, honestly. Yeah, I suppose it does. Although the, I mean, the thing that irks me about big bang theory is that it always seems as though they're making fun of the people who are doing these things, right? They have a couple of episodes. As far as I remember, I'm not as intimately familiar with the show as I once was, but they have a couple of episodes when the cast is like playing something like rock band, right? And it's set up in such a way that all the guys look really silly doing it, right? But, like, Rock Band is something that I really enjoy doing, right? There was another episode of Big Bang Theory when I think they were robbed, and uh, Sheldon is listing off all the video games that were stolen from him. And, of course, mm-hmm. my parents are like, it's like you! It's like you! And I'm like, yeah, I have a lot of video games. What do you want <laughs> What do you want from me? And it would be tragic if they were stolen from me, you know? So, I always, I always feel as though they're kind of ripping on them, rather than kind of being in on the joke with them. You know, but the Simpsons will do some things and showing like people, you know, the the video games aren't used to point out how like nerdy these characters are or something like that. It's pointed out that, yeah, this is just a part of reality. Yeah, I mean, basically the first video game reference that appears in the series is when Homer and Bart are playing a video game together. And Homer is just trying to get better so he can beat Bart at his boxing video game. Oh, gosh, that's in like the first season, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the... It's not like the pilot, but it's very, very early on in the show. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I seem to remember that. It's the game that's at the uh, at the Quickie Mart, isn't it? Uh, well, Super Slugfest, and, okay. and I, to be totally that guy, it, it was at the Noiseland Arcade. Oh, no, you go ahead. I'm just vague remembering, right? So you give me the specifics. But it's at the arcade, right? Okay. Yeah, it's it's uh, Moaning Lisa is the episode where they introduce Bleeding Gums. And oh, the- that explains it. Because I always, <laughs> whenever I think of that episode, I'm just like, oh, that episode, <laughs> right? So I never really enjoyed that one. I mean, I guess I didn't really get it when I was younger. But uh, I would always be like, oh, it's that episode. It's a Lisa-heavy episode. And then I would, like, tune out. But I guess it also has a sub-storyline with Homer and Bart, doesn't it? It does, it does. That was the, the B-plot to that episode. And it kind of tied in at the end where it's like Homer is the neglecting lisa in favor of bart mm-hmm. so I, I and you know finding a surrogate father and a homeless jazz musician i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep i suppose uh, that's that's the that's the plot that i didn't get <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and uh like uh it's not integral to the plot in the sense that like they could have been playing foosball or they could have been doing anything where the two 
Homer sure. and Bart are in competition with each other, but it's considered like just a natural organic part of their family household. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not, um, it's not uh, superfluous, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you were mentioning earlier with Big Bang Theory, not the butt of the joke here. It's just yes. a part yes. of daily life. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's good. That's a, that's an awesome example. Um, one that I didn't even really realize necessarily because, you know, you know, I didn't like that they, episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a first season episode. They were still finding their footing there. They're finding it, it their was, footing. You know, I think they, that really, I mean, I only really started to like it a whole lot once they got to season three, but that's, I don't know. Maybe that's a controversial opinion. I don't know how it could be. Season three had like flaming Moe's and it had the softball episode in it. So it's like, come on. No, I, I feel like, yeah. Uh, season three is the first really dominant season of theirs like two they were starting to get there but then like three up through like six or seven everything was clicking every episode and then it starts to trail off and then by season nine it's really heading downhill yeah i seem to recall i think that's generally the consensus is that when it sort of started to go downhill and i think i think it was around that time that phil hartman died I think that's what it like. It was around there. Phil Hartman, who did the voice of uh, Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz, among other characters. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was around there. I don't think that one caused the other necessarily. I've just kind of noticed a correlation, if you will. You know. Yeah. By that time, there had been a large turnover of writers. There had been a changeover in the show running. It a lot had changed behind the scenes and mm-hmm. they weren't really able to keep the characters grounded anymore. And as a result, the kind of the family lost its charm. You couldn't do relatable episodes. Homer became this kind of like crazy person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it seems like it. Cause he started like a pretty grounded, like sort of father figure. Right. And then he just kind of gets wackier and wackier, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's a, the clip show, which isn't actually a clip show, where they do writing questions, and one of them is, I think Homer gets stupider and stupider every <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, that was in the 128th episode, or no, 138th episode spectacular, wasn't it? Right, exactly. I think Homer gets stupider every year. <laughs> That's not a question, <laughs> but we'll let the viewers decide. That was And fun. they just never really stopped. Yeah, he just kept getting stupider every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There weren't too many episodes that really used the video games as like a b-plot or like a way to move the plot forward but there were a few uh Mm -hmm. there was when when bart Mm -hmm. wanted to get karate lessons and so he just uh ducked out all the time and played the touch of death video game in the arcade (laughs) right yep and then he'd go up to uh he went up to the bullies and he said like i'll give you the touch of death right (laughs) that's the one right yeah and then uh there was well, and this was a later one with uh, Lisa gets an A where the, she's sick at home and she's playing Dash Dingo <laughs> on, on a pretty on the nose uh, reference to Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, ninjas, those aren't even Australian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. She just plays it all day long. I mean, that's that's such a relatable scene, right? She's just home. She's supposed to be doing work and just ends up playing that video game all the time, right? I mean, even though it's a really dumb game, you know, she ends up playing it all the time. That's super relatable, right? They're not Oh right? yeah. They're not really making fun of her for having done that. It's more of just like she's gotten carried away with something, you know. That's that's more the focus of the joke. Absolutely, yeah. And 
Then, of course, there's always the very special episode with uh, Bone Storm, and I think that yes. was Marge, Marge Be, Not, Be Proud. Not Proud. Yep, that's still one of my favorite episodes. That's the one when uh, it's the it's a Christmas episode, and uh, Bart uh, uh, tries to steal a video game from the Try and Save. There's yeah. so, there's so many so many good moments in that episode. I mean, one when you look, it's the establishing shot of the try and save, and it says, "In honor of the birth of our Savior, try and save will be open all day Christmas." And I always <laughs> think that's so funny. Um, when Detective Don Brodka, that's right, Don Brodka. Uh huh. Listen, Bart was caught stealing. Well, try to have a merry Christmas. They weren't home. <laughs> He's like having a whole conversation with them. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so good. And then yeah. Bart rushes home and he's like, I got to change that tape. Got to change that tape. And you see Homer, got to change Maggie. Got to change Maggie. Dear God, got to change Maggie. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and they get home and then it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. they put on Camp Granada. Yeah. <laughs> Marge, is Lisa at Camp Granada? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's so, it's so great. But yeah, I mean, it's all based around that video game, right? I mean, he wants to play this game, right? And he wants to play it so much that he ends up trying to steal it. And then as he's having that moment when he's contemplating stealing the game, he gets advice from a whole bunch of video game characters, right? Like Mario and Luigi yeah. come out, Donkey Kong comes out, uh, Sonic comes out, and then, of course, Lee Carvalho from Lee Carvalho's Putting Challenge comes out. How's this going to help your putting, son? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's... Uh, you know that's that's very you know it's related to it i mean they're not they're not ripping on the fact that he's uh, that he's purchasing a video game i mean he's a boy and he wants to buy this game i mean you could replace it with pretty much anything i suppose you could replace it with like anything that he wanted but you know the fact that he's a young guy and this was an episode that came out in the 90s obviously it's going to be a video game that he wants right and they're yeah. not they're not criticizing it or anything. It's just an important part of the storyline. And there's a bunch of different references to it. You know, you see Millhouse who has the game, right? You see that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Let me explain <laughs> that. Yeah, you see the television commercial that's really like hyping up the violence, completely over the top. Yeah, yeah. I think the whole um, the whole Bone Storm. It's probably just a parody on Mortal Kombat or something along that, wouldn't it be? Yeah, I gotta imagine. <laughs> yeah, something around there. But it's you know it's an important part of the storyline. You know. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, the storyline is really just about Bart letting down his mom, right? And then sort of, you know, uh, making up for it towards the end of the episode. But it's nice that it's, you know, it's something that's more relatable for young people at the time, right? It was something that was, uh, you know, I mean, he wanted this video game, right? That was the whole important plot of the episode. And it's, uh, it's very relatable, but it's very modern at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a 30 year period, I feel, where sitcoms or even television dramas, whenever they wanted to represent a video game as part of their show, it would just be like sounds from an Atari. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just like that, this frozen in amber moment in video game history that the writers probably had a point of reference to from when they were children <laughs> and never really evolved past that. Yeah. It... But here you can tell that the writers, you know, they're. They're young. They're probably, like, fresh out of college, but they all have, like, a Genesis or a Super Nintendo, probably, like, a PlayStation at the sure. point Marge Be Not Proud. And right. they've played, like, Mortal Kombat, and they've played these games, and they know, like, the jokes. Like, the Thrill House joke, like, very <laughs> much has been written by someone who plays video games. Yeah. To, like, get that specific with it. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> 
uh, wow, this game is great. And all I did was enter my name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very clear that they, they know what they're talking about there. You know? And like even characterizing the parents routinely, I mean, with the exception of that first season episode with Homer playing the boxing game, mm-hmm. the parents in these episodes are out of touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with Mard, you know, buying the Lee Carvalho putting challenge game for Bart. <laughs> yep. Um, I love that that moment, like the, the scene for Lee Carvalho's putting challenge that happens at the end. Because, I mean, it's it's so funny, but it's exactly what you would want to do when you're playing that game, right? Like you're making the choices and you're doing all that sort of stuff, right? And it's saying, may I suggest putter? You have selected three wood you know and you're doing these things right uh may i suggest feather touch you have selected power drive (laughs) so like it's you're like you're playing it and you're like yep this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do this you know i'm gonna sorry game i'm gonna try and do it you know you try and break the game or you try and mess around with it it's very you know it's a very natural sort of thing and I, i laugh at that or i guess people are laughing at that because that's what you do in video games it's very clear like you said that the people who wrote this bit are familiar with the genre and, and one way that the genre helped the writers, too, is it let them make jokes that were or would otherwise have been out of context, wouldn't have been relatable to the characters. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, for example, you have the uh, this might be my like my favorite game now for a lot of reasons. Is there's the My Dinner with Andre Mm-hmm. simulator like oh my god yeah the it's just got the like it's just the two of them having a conversation there's the joystick and it's pointing to like go on or tell me more yeah i think there i think it's like one option is trenchant observation <laughs> now that that requires like understanding of that movie and of the genre as well right like it's very clever and like obviously i mean i guess the the character Martin, who is a super genius, might have known about My Dinner with Andre, but it also lets them throw in this My Dinner with Andre joke, which otherwise would have been pretty hard to wedge into the episode without totally breaking the universe. Yeah, which, yeah, that makes sense. Which most most comedies nowadays don't really worry about that. Like, if they their feeling is, if a joke is funny, we'll just do the funny joke and then we'll come back and the audience mm-hmm. understands. Yeah. But, but... I, I do appreciate the, the Simpsons' attachment to staying in-universe and doing mm-hmm. things and keeping things in the present in that moment. Mm-hmm. Even when they're talking about something that may have happened somewhere else, or in this case, like a, a something that might not otherwise make sense to the character. Mm-hmm. Another uh, great example of that is there's an Escape from Death Row game that they're playing uh, with uh, Bart and the new feisty older girl neighbor, and mm-hmm. they're like, basically commenting on capital punishment within the context of the game, but the, it's t- going totally over the heads of the kids. Yep. It's just there for the adults watching. Yeah. Um, yeah. Isn't it, uh, if I had just pled in, no, it's plead insanity, plead insanity. Right. And then they, they warp and it's like, Oh, uh, uh, no, what is it? It's, uh, change. Yeah, I think of, it's, is it plead insanity? Oh yeah. Change of, they do change of venue. And That's then they it. Change of Texas. venue. If I had pled insanity just one more time, I would have made it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty good. There were a couple of, uh, like there's a couple of ep- other episodes later on that are a little bit more forced. I imagine there's an episode a little bit later on. This is more recent. I think this must've been in the last five or six years or something. Uh, it's the episode where Marge starts to play the, uh, online like the mmo right Mm -hmm. um and uh 
it's it seems very very forced the entire time right like marge is trying to she's trying to understand i guess ultimately the episode i suppose again is just about marge trying to find a connection with her son you know um or like you know the mother trying to find some sort of connection with her son it just happens to be through this video game right um and it's just kind of that search for that sort of mutual understanding the entire time so i suppose with that with that in mind, like I didn't really care for the episode because like I said, it, it seemed very forced, but I suppose the underlying storyline that you have there is still a very sort of real, uh, truthful sort of experience that a lot of people can relate to. They may not know what's going on with the episode or sorry, with the, uh, with the game itself, but they could relate to maybe some of the sentiments I would imagine. I think there's something relatable there. It's it just, it's a, that was very strange timing for that episode to air because that was like half a year after the make love, not Warcraft episode of South Park. Was it? Yeah. I see. And that, and I mean, that episode was just like, I mean, that was, they, I mean, they did the, uh, the Warcraft episode of South Park with help from the writers as well. And they, I mean, they used in-game footage, right? And it was very clearly like well-written with a very good understanding of the game, right? Which is, oh yeah, which is very interesting because that was like directly, obviously it was about Warcraft and everything was very, very direct about Warcraft. Whereas the Simpsons, I suppose they didn't necessarily have the rights or maybe they didn't want to acquire the rights. So they just made some sort of like similar kind of knockoff, which I just, I guess in comparison just feels inauthentic. I mean, sure. Yeah. You can have like Michelle Kwan come on as herself to be on the Simpsons, but no, Mm -hmm. let's not get like an actual video game. Mm-hmm. If we're going to do a World of Warcraft parody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. That uh, that makes sense about that episode, though. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. Just I, th- I feel like, for the most part, though, the video game references age better than the rest of The Simpsons because they don't have to be consistent with any given character. Okay, so they're not, they're not, um, they're references that are not attached to the show itself, is what you're saying. And so with that in mind, they're jokes that could potentially outlive the environment in which they were first brought up. That's right. They're, they're allowed to stand more on their own. They're not shackled by 25 years of character knowledge already. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, there's like a, this one, this is actually now an older episode, I think, like almost 10 years old, but billy graham's bible blaster <laughs> <laughs> right yeah that's uh isn't that what uh, ned flanders kids were playing yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, and just like converting everyone and <laughs> <laughs> convert the heathens is that what it is i'm pretty sure that's what it is i don't remember it, it is yeah and it's like oh shoot the hindu man <laughs> oh you just winged him he's a unitarian man. <laughs> all right full conversion <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty funny that's pretty i mean that's 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 a pretty poignant uh like i mean those are it's pretty those are still pretty good jokes even though it's a bit dated now yeah i I would say that the jokes age better like the jokes that can be on their own age much better than the episodes Mm -hmm. at this point i think the early episodes can hang in there because the relationships are much more grounded Mm -hmm. and there's not as much weight dragging down each character in their history and like what they've done in the past and impossible contradictions it's it must oh, be yeah. impossible to write a Simpsons episode now. I have no idea how you do it. You just yeah. must not. That would at some be, point, you, it would sorry. be very, very difficult. You're right, because there is so much other stuff that has already been established. And the characters simply aren't, like, aging or they aren't advancing or anything like that. So, like, it's not as if they've got, like, differences that have happened in past episodes and they can call them up or make reference to them. Pretty much everything gets reset. So there's only so much new stuff that you can do. I can imagine it'd be very, very difficult. You're right. But I, I think ultimately, 
Mac Running is a big video game fan, and a lot of these writers are big video game fans, and so as long as The Simpsons remains on the air, they'll keep referencing video games unless we, like, move on to AR games before the series ends. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure they probably will, won't they? Well, they already had uh, the yard work simulator, didn't they? <laughs> You're right, they did. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I want to go on the yard work simulator. Ugh. <laughs> That's what they were doing. There's another episode when uh, uh, Marge wants to go on like a, a tandem bike ride with Bart, and he's like, no, I can't right now, and he's playing tandem bike ride with Mom, the video game, <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, so... That's I don't, that's not really related to that, but anyway, that's I just remembered that and I thought it was funny. But have we not mentioned any uh, video game references that should be mentioned? Uh, I don't know. You know, we haven't actually talked too much about actual Simpsons video games, and I feel like it's because maybe more the the actual references that they're doing in the show itself are more noteworthy. I suppose. Have you played very many of the Simpsons video games? No, I haven't. No. Uh, um, I've played, I mean, I think we both played the Simpsons arcade game. Yeah, yeah, the sort of uh like uh River City Rampage sort of game, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that's oddly like the well, it was one of the first ones, but also perhaps the most enduring of any Simpsons video game that's come out. Yeah, I think it probably would be. I would imagine that maybe you could still find it in some arcades i mean i don't know what arcades but it was a pretty like well i don't know if you could anymore maybe you could but it was like i mean it was yeah you can i mean it was pretty straightforward like game with some pretty good cooperative gameplay so i don't know why an arcade wouldn't necessarily want that although you know it is based off of the first couple of seasons of the simpsons and uh it's not like angry birds so i suppose (laughs) those are the reasons well, I mean, at the very least here in Chicago, I, I haven't been to uh, Emporium in a while, so I forget mm-hmm. if they have it. But I know they have it at Headquarters. Oh, yeah? Beercade. And I imagine they would have it at, like, Logan Arcade. I haven't been over there. But they mm-hmm. a lot of the arcades around here specialize in, like, older offerings. That, like, they don't go with the Fruit Ninja stuff. They're, like, they're, that's, right. that's all David Buster's game. Yeah. No. That's – okay. Cool. Well, that's that's neat. It's nice to know that, you know, there's – you know, arcades that are still bringing up games like that. I mean, that's naive of me to say, like, no one's doing that anymore. I mean, obviously there are. I mean, it's just it's just cool. It's nice to hear specific examples, you know? Yeah, and, and actually I think you can also buy the game on Xbox Live Arcade. Oh, yeah, can you? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, because then you could obviously... Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I think at the very least for the 360 that's available. I can't confirm anywhere else, but I'm pretty sure I saw it on sale there for, like, 10 bucks. Cool. That's very cool. Yeah, that'd be worth an afternoon, wouldn't it be? Oh, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I think, like, even though it's only, like, the first season or two seasons, they do such a good job in that game of, like, mining everything there is to mine about, like, every reference they can make is in there. They they really worked hard to mm-hmm. make sure they used everything they could. Mm-hmm. That's like, cool. I mean, yeah, like, the, the bosses are, like, all people who showed up in episodes like it's a wrestler from one episode it's the Mm -hmm. bear that shows up in the episode where they get lost (laughs) in the woods right yeah that's perfect so they're just picking you know uh characters or picking villains that are going to be represented in the show that's great that's awesome that's 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 nice that makes it more of an authentic like simpsons experience there is one simpsons game that i played uh which was a long time ago and it was on the original game boy and it was called Bart Simpson's Escape from Camp Deadly. And I don't know if you know anything about it, but it's this 
terrible, terrible side scroller. Uh, when you play as Bart and you're trying to escape from camp, I suppose. Uh, and you kind of go along and you get like boomerangs and you get other things. And there's just generic like other enemies that kind of walk around and uh, you throw boomerangs at them, which is Bart's big thing, apparently, I guess. And uh, you have to get into food fights and you pick up things like, you know, burgers and you throw them at, again, these generic enemies. And every now and then Lisa shows up and there's just these random kids that show up. It is very not connected to the show. <laughs> like, you're just Bart. You could be anybody walking through here. Apart the fact that it's got like a, a terrible, like, repeating version of the Simpsons theme song playing in the background. Uh, it's very disconnected from the show. Right. Like, I mean, you could be. It sounds really dull. Oh, it's incredibly dull. You just do the same. You're just walking and chucking boomerangs at the same enemy over and over and over again. Right. And I mean, Lisa shows up every now and then. But like there's like the things that you do are so disconnected from the show. You're escaping from a camp. And yeah, they went to camp in, you know, one episode. They went to Camp Krusty. But it's not even called Camp Krusty. It's called Camp Deadly. Right. And they're. It's very, very generic gameplay. It's And besides, it seems as though the actual uh, programming or the actual game itself is just so wonky. Like the hitboxes for the enemies seem all off and where Bart's actually standing seems so inconsistent. And it's, it's very dull. You're right. It's very dull. I, I mean, I feel like they really struggled a lot of the time coming up with a viable premise for these games like you look at some of the titles of these games uh, like bart's nightmare virtual bart bart versus the gladiators <laughs> yeah everything's just as like well what can we put bart in now well he hasn't fought gladiators i guess like it's it's ridiculous and i, I they really i don't think knew how to capture the feel of the Simpsons in a video game, mm. <laughs> which I mean, it's not really a feeling I think you would want to capture most of the time anyway. It's, yeah. I mean, at least early on, the idea is that they're like this sad sack family who mm-hmm. gets screwed all the time. Like, how do you commoditize that as a fun, exciting experience? Yeah. I don't know. They're supposed to be just like a classic American family, I guess. Um, so I don't know how you're going to turn that into something that's a game. Although, Apparently, and I never played it, but apparently Simpsons Hit and Run, which I think was on, like, the PlayStation 2 or the original Xbox, apparently that game was awesome. I never played it, but it was like a Grand Theft Auto, essentially, for The Simpsons, but it had lots of show references, and apparently it was pretty good. I never played it. My brother played it, and he seemed to enjoy it, but uh, apparently that one was pretty good. That's that's kind of interesting to hear. Yeah, I didn't know if there were, yeah, any games out there like that that actually either can evoke the feeling of the Simpsons or were just genuinely fun on their own. I think that that one, I mean, without having played it myself and without knowing too much about it, just the things that I recall hearing about it, that one was, you know, one of the ones that was pretty darn good. Um, Just like I would say, you know, South Park Stick of Truth is, you know, the best South Park video game. You know, I would probably put Hit and Run up there. Just based on hearsay. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I have not played many Simpsons games myself. Other than the arcade game, mm-hmm. I played Bart's Nightmare for the Super Nintendo, which is kind <laughs> well, of a how, generic... How was that? What happened in that one? Uh, I, the, the idea is that Bart didn't do his homework and that... Well, well can... <laughs> they're making a game around that. It's like that's every day, according to the show. What are they doing? Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you go into Bart's dreams or nightmares. Uh-huh. And complete levels in order to uh, finish up his homework. Oh. What? 
what lame sounding dreams <laughs> it it's pretty yeah it's pretty uh dull and it's like very super nintendo platformy like you're playing as itchy and against itchy and scratchy you're bartman mm-hmm. and you're doing like a shooter level you're bartzilla and like this is this and the next game i'm going to talk about like this didn't make sense like i didn't know what i was supposed to be doing most of the time like <laughs> the bartman one was straightforward enough you're in a shooter but the bartzilla one was like impossible it's it, you just like walk around and you're like a godzilla thing and you're blowing up buildings there's no idea of what the objective actually is <laughs> just after a while like the screen goes white because bart is waking up or whatever <laughs> so that's uh that's a game with that has not communicated its goals or it's it has not taught you how to play the game or why you're interested in the game at all not at all and for the nintendo original nintendo bart versus the space mutants is even worse about this oh uh, no uh that game you're supposed to like find hidden aliens they live style by i believe using spray paint to tag them or tag objects you think are suspicious <laughs> and you have to like buy items or find items there are like puzzles you can kind of walk along the road but mm-hmm. just random things on the sidewalk might attack you it's complete nonsense and <laughs> the game does nothing to try and explain to you what you're actually supposed to be doing i played a little i granted i played a long time ago I, i've only watched people play it since then but it's completely <laughs> nonsensical and has nothing to do with like the simpsons episodes at all it, it's like because the space mutants are movie characters they're like a, a, a scary movie in the universe and that, so they're like actually real now and <laughs> yep yep that doesn't make any sense given the history of the show boy i, I hope somebody got fired over that one <laughs> <laughs> good one good one so i guess uh in conclusion what do we want to say the show itself is better at referencing video games uh than the actual simpsons video games are overall yeah i think you nailed it man i think great boom done good i've been paying attention (laughs) good job good job okay well i think that's Uh, it then isn't it yeah that brings another episode of so many bits to a close we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com like us on facebook at so many bits follow us on twitter and tumblr at so many bits subscribe to us on itunes please rate and review or listen to us on soundcloud And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other podcasts. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you. Sweet. Hey, Cliff. What's up? I designed a web page. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's about my belt buckles, and I did it through Squarespace. Wow, Squarespace sounds pretty convenient. All-in-one solutions for your, your your web services. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, like, it really gives me a venue to talk about my interests for belt buckles and the oppression of men in 2015. Are you familiar with men's rights? Uh huh. <laughs> so, yeah, you can go to my page on Squarespace and read about belt buckles and men's rights. Oh, that's awesome. Squarespace, everything yeah. you need to make everything a, you need. Everything you need. Visit them at squarespace.com slash Freakonomics.